Go. Welcome to Gino and Dave's Fantasy Fiverr, where each week we cover current events related to the greatest fantasy football league, the Kodiaks. I'm Dave. And I'm Gino. We're back with the OG podcast, so back to our original Not Really Five Minutes podcast. How's it going, Dave? What are you talking about? This is five minutes, like, on the dot, spot money every week. Yeah, this is the five minutes Hawaii time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aloha. <laughs> Uh, all right, so if you guys hear us screaming and yelling at any point, it's because we're watching uh, the Giants beat up on Dak game. And, you know, I don't really have a chance of winning, so I'm not going to get too excited this time. It's not like I'm going to win by point two points like uh, a couple of recordings ago. I mean, I have yet to do my shotgun yet, Gino, because I believe in you, and I picked you to win the game of the week. So... I I don't know what to tell you. I think Dak Prescott is going to put the team on his back, put up a buck sixty by himself, a couple of rushing touchdowns, maybe a thousand yards passing, and then you know they're going to try to come back and it's just going to be all Golden Tate. And next thing you know, you're going to break three hundred. All right. Well, if that's the case, I'll 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 look forward to doing that shotgun. But for <laughs> this upcoming week, let's go ahead and tackle exactly what. Our listeners want first. Oh, my new segment. We're going to call it Dave's Kickers and Defense Report because that's what people care about in this league. So first up, Gino, on this week's Kickers Report, how many of the top 10 kickers do you think are owned in our league for just this week? Just week nine top 10 kicker performances. How many are owned? Well, since we have people that carry multiple kickers and hold on to kickers through buys, I'm assuming we own 14 of the top 15 in a (laughs) 10-team league. And you would assume wrong, because at least I know, like, Nick is holding on to buy kickers. But looking at the kicker report of the top 10 kickers, only two are currently owned in our league. So, gents, you know, get out there, get on the waiver wire, start crushing it. We got Matt Bedagley, Chris Boswell, Austin Siebert, Sam Ficken, Matt Gay, Jake Elliott, Duskin Hopkins. All of these guys, top 10 kickers this week. Uh, obviously, you definitely want to jump on them right now. And Travis. What do you, what do you, are you saying that Brian doesn't own the Money Badger, too, on his team? He does not. Oh, I, I'd assume that he'd own the Money Badger. Okay, switching gears a little bit. Everybody's second favorite thing to talk about and favorite thing to keep two of on their team defenses. So of the top 10 performing defenses this week, how many are owned in our league? All 10, obviously, because we have multiple defenses on our benches. That's not true, but we did do a little bit better. We have three owners. Three people own top 10 defenses this week. The rest of you all just got pwned by fantasy football. On the the bright side, the number one scoring defense this week, Houston Texans, unowned. So, again, get out there, crush that waiver wire. Baltimore did really well. They were playing just a garbage team. So, Houston, Baltimore, get them while they're hot. (laughs) Garbage team. I love it. Uh, Yeah, Houston was supposed to be the team that you could beat up on, right? I thought so. I thought their game plan was to try to let Deshaun Watson outscore you. It turns out. If you're Gardner Minshew, their game plan instead is to 
sack you four times, pick you off twice, and steal two fumbles, all without J.J. Watt. Oh, yeah, that's true. When you lose your best player, your defense gets better. I forgot that rule. Hey, but since we're talking about the Gardner, let's go ahead and go right into Fisher Cup bait, Dave, and I'm going to start with backup quarterbacks that have become starters. You know, the magic of Minshew. Every Tannehill, right? Everyone's getting all excited about these people that are how could all of these NFL scouts be wrong all the time because these guys are so good. They're so much better than their starters. Fish or cut bait, the backup quarterbacks. I mean, I've really struggled all year getting a decent quarterback one on my team. And so I'm comfortable rolling with these guys on a week-by-week streaming basis, depending on who they're going up against, right? So right now I'm rolling with the Josh Allen, just, you know, hoping for the best. Gardner Minshew. That's not a backup quarterback. Gardner Minshew, I definitely would have considered playing, but obviously he's done being a starter. Right, Tannehill, I love Tannehill. He is much better than Mariota for fantasy. We're going to continue to see him passing the ball, and their teams, they're going to be down. It doesn't matter how good their defense is. And then, you know who you really forgot to bring up, and this one I think is really key for the streaming options so everybody knows about, Brian Hoyer. It's probably got two or three weeks of starting in him. And that's not just a backup. That's a third stringer. So you know he is a money player for fantasy purposes. That's the backup to the backup. You know, <laughs> yes. Here, here's what I'm curious about. I would call this a fallacy in a lot of analysts' opinions. Is Everyone always talks about they're going to be down. So Garen's like, you can count on this quarterback to score all kinds of fantasy points because their team is so bad then how come we weren't all, like, chomping at the bit to get, like, the lowest-scoring team's quarterbacks all the time? Because that's that's how you lose. You score less points than the other team. Instead, we want people to score more points than the other team, right? Because that's how you score. So I, I don't believe in this fallacy because otherwise, at the end of the year, we would look at it and all of the top quarterbacks would be from losing teams, correct? No, I don't necessarily believe that. Like, I think since Friday Fitzpatrick has taken over as, like, the all-time starter in Miami, terrible team, you can start him every week, depending on who he's playing. Then he's why got, not you? He's got a high upside. He's a streamer. He's not somebody you own on your team. We're, I mean, but, but, I, th- but I think we're the only two. Gonna, but I'm saying the fallacy of the argument is every week he's going to be losing and playing from behind. So why can't you start him every week? He's not. That's, I'm saying that's the that's the fallacy in the argument is that's not actual the probable cause. You know what I mean? That just think, happens to be the result sometimes. I think I'm following and kind of. So you think the fallacy is the fact that well nobody's going to take these people and put them on their team and play them every single week, right? And right, because it's it's the cause it's a causation fallacy. You'd rather they're have. Not, they're not good. At fantasy because their team sucks it just happens sometimes otherwise you could play them every week because their team's always going to be losing yeah i mean they're more they're less consistent than the guys that you want right so like the russell wilson's uh man this year russell wilson lamar jackson are really and, and deshaun watson those guys are kind of your every week starters and they're they've been great all year but honestly once you get to that third tier quarterback 
people who are struggling with the choice, do I play Matt Stafford? Do I play Ryan Fitzpatrick? Do I play Baker? Right? When you're struggling with those choices, that's when you think about the streaming option. The guys with the oh. 1A talent, I mean, you know, if you have, like, Cam Newton, obviously you're going to play Cam every week. No, I, I completely agree with you that streaming is a great option because a lot of times the guys you draft early aren't even the ones the best, right? And, you know, every other argument we've ever made for late-ground quarterbacks, I'm saying that we are attributing success of streamers to the wrong thing. It's not because they're playing from behind and their team sucks. Because then you would always play Ryan Fitzpatrick. There are definitely matchups where you could play him, but it's not because he's always playing from behind. It's my whole point. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm following, but... Anyways, we spent too much time on that. Back of quarterbacks, <laughs> in general, we're going to say... Fish. We're fishing, right? Believe, don't believe the hype. <laughs> we're cutting bait. We're fishing. I've already lost this conversation. <laughs> all right, Gina. All right. Let's so back to some fish more, cut bait. Yeah, some more traditional fish cut baits. All right. So Lev Bell, he's on your team. What do you think? If he wasn't on my team, which he's not in some leagues, I'm fishing. Uh, you know, he kind of garbage time himself into a good game this past game. But, you know, he's got some of the same matchups. Like we're talking about matchups, right? If we're talking about streaming, Sam Darnold, other than the fact that there's, you know, 14 ghosts carrying him around or scaring him around on the field, he has great matchups. And in general, the Jets have great matchups. So I have to believe in the talent of Lev Bell. And at some point, Gase has to, you know, have some self-preservation and want to keep his job. And he's just going to say, all right, every ball is going to go to Lev Bell. And... Every once in a while, maybe we'll throw a deep ball to Robbie Anderson. But anyways, long story short, I'm fishing Lev Bell um, just because I have to believe in the talent. And obviously, Sam Darnold is an every week starter. He is a pure talent who's always playing from behind. Okay, Ronald Jones, (laughs) Fisher Cup mate. Oh, man. How many times have I had Ronald Jones on my roster this year? Because I'm like, how does Bruce Arians not see that Ronald Jones is way better than Peyton Barber? And then the next game, Peyton Barber has all the touches, you know, goes like 15 for negative 14 yards. Uh, I think we finally got to the point where it's, it's Ronald Jones' backfield, but I've been wrong before on this, but I'm going to start fishing again. Okay. OBJ. Man, there's a reason why I didn't put all the other top-tier athletes or wide receivers in like I've been doing this past few weeks. And I just have a. But I'm using some pretty weak bait. <laughs> I had Jordan Howard. Oh, man, I put that one in for you because you know how I feel about Jordan Howard and Derrick Henry. OK, so Jordan Howard had another respectable game this week. I I think somehow he is he's the goal line back. So I'm fishing with him, but he's in a 100% timeshare with Miles Sanders. Nothing really moving there. And and Miles looks so much better. Miles looks better, and honestly, Wince has not been driving him down the field, so there's very limited goal line opportunity. 
But I think Jordan Howard has a role, and I think he's playable week to week as an RB three flex position. And then Derrick Henry. All right, before you go on to Derrick Henry, because we're gonna we're gonna end up having an argument about this. I just want to say like, I think that Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders can be fishes. Um, I just the talent of Miles Sanders is way better, but the front seven of Philadelphia have been opening huge gaps, and Miles has had the higher value targets and has gotten them down the field. Because like you said, Wentz isn't really pushing him down the field in the passing game. It's it's been Miles pushing him down the field, and then Howard gets to be rewarded for it. So I would say you could fish both, but I would rather go for Miles's high value targets because I think he'll have a higher ceiling week in and week out. Sure. All right, Derrick Henry, why why are you putting him on this list? I don't understand. Because if you own Derrick Henry and you just have people that are reading kind of like box scores and fantasy scores at the end of the week for the past couple weeks and they didn't watch the game, you might be able to convince them that he's like a borderline top 12 back. He had like two touches in the first half of the game. And it was all like Dion Lewis. And people aren't going to see that unless they watch the game. Because he's, he's just a big guy. And I would sell a super high if you could get someone convinced. Like someone like Dave Daly was <laughs> in your league. I would, you know, be holding him like a carrot in front of his eyes trying to pick up a, a true athlete. Oh, my God, dude. I- Derrick Henry is not – I'm not in love with the guy. I don't love him personally. It's just he gets a ton of volume. I think since Tannehill he took over – He doesn't get a ton of volume, though. That's that's the point I'm trying to make. What? 13 touches this last week was his lowest week by far, and he still managed to find the end zone. And I think with Ryan Tannehill under center, not only to see – there's a cat on the field. There's literally a cat running around the field. <laughs> oh, sorry. I just got totally distracted. It's a black cat, and it's giving everybody bad luck. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, my God, that thing looks vicious. It's going to kill somebody. It's huge. Anyways. I saw a meme recently that it had a picture of, like, a German Shepherd spec ops dog, and it was like, no one ever went to war with a cat feeling good. This thing's mangy. It probably <laughs> weighs 20 pounds, and it's just staring down everybody right now. That's awesome. All right, okay. back to what you were saying. Matt you Henry. Well, he's got 13 touches. This is his lowest of the week. With Tannehill under center, he's going to have more opportunities to score. He's better than Marcus Mariota. Mariota's been awful this year. So, yeah, Derrick Henry is a perfectly serviceable RB2. And just be happy about that. Okay, so the reason – never mind. Whatever. I don't want to go back to the bad quarterbacks. All right. Green Bay running backs. How about that one? This is a little tougher because Aaron Jones, at one point, people were looking at him like he could be a top five running back because he was catching the ball down the seam. He was rushing. He had four touchdowns in a game. But Jamal Williams has been, like, super efficient scoring touchdowns for Aaron Rodgers and a lot of it in the passing game. So you could do it individually or you could do it as a group. Are you fishing or cutting bait on these, you know, running backs for Green Bay in which you can kind of do the opposite, right, where you could go get Jamal for someone that doesn't believe that he's a stud and then you could probably get rid of Aaron Jones for a stud or do you believe in Aaron Jones? So 
this is funny. I guess it's just us who we are. We're super positive, but I think everybody on this list is a fish for me. I love them all, right? So Aaron Jones, oh, he had a down week. Well, Rodgers had a down week. Green Bay lost. It's going to happen from time to time. Rodgers can definitely support two 1A, 1B running backs. Aaron Jones is currently the third highest scoring running back on the year, right? So he's got a level of consistency that makes him an RB1. And I think on the other side, Jamal Williams is a solid flex. So when you're when you're trying to play Aaron Jones, you're deciding between guys like Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, and let's say maybe on a good week, Derrick Henry. Okay, and then oh on the, my god, I, I just had to. I'm sorry, you're not yeah, actually. So that, okay, how about, how about that? Uh, someone gives you Dalvin Cook for Aaron Jones. What are you doing? Someone gives me Dalvin Cook for Aaron Jones. I'm accepting that trade, and I'm not looking back. Right. So, I mean, and then that's a that's a, whatever. That you, that's just my point. Okay. And then on the Jamal Williams side, I would rank him with players like Shady. I would rank him and Shady. Oh man, it hurts me. You but mean I, Damian I, Williams? Well, Damian Williams is RB two. If he has oh, to start gross. the start, gross. No, no way. Oh, okay. I how about I should have put I should have put Damian Williams on this thing. How about let's put. Jamal Williams in the same category as like Sony Michelle or David Montgomery. Does that feel better? Yeah, except for yeah, I mean it makes me sad because Jamal Williams gets like seven touches and scores more points than them. <laughs> yeah. It only happens on a week to week basis. All right, this one's for you. Tight ends, Ertz or Goddard? Who is the tight end to own in Philly? I, you know. Ertz coming off this great game. I think I'm cutting bait and I'm trading him. And then I'm just picking up Goddard and running running it out there because I think they're both going to be serviceable. I think they're, especially with Alshon and Djax, like, they're going to have Algalore getting all the points. Like, I, they're going to run Goddard and Ertz up there together and Miles Sanders maybe coming out wide too. So I think that I'm cutting bait on Ertz, trying to sell for his name, and I'm picking up Dallas Goddard. So, Ertz, he's been atrocious all year, right? Just unreliable. He's been really tough to have on your team. Is that correct? Is that how you feel about him? That's how I feel about him in the sense of where he, you had to draft him. What? So you drafted him usually as the number two tight end off the board, right? Uh, I, I had him as a third, but yeah. Third, okay, third. Where do you think he is currently in the tight end scene? What position? I bet he's still like, oh, tight end's gross. Eighth? He's fifth. He's right behind George Kittle. Yeah. It's gross. He's behind Kittle and above Mark Andrews. So, dude, I don't know. Like, I think maybe Philly just hates their wide receivers. Deshaun Jackson is probably now out for the season. So, maybe. But the. the point of it is, like, think about, like, the receivers and running backs you gave up to pick him. Yeah, yeah, that's I, that's fair. And that's why tight ends are tough. Yeah, and that's why, like, you know, people still know him as that guy that went in the second round or whatever. So if you could sell and cut bait with him and then just have Dallas Goddard, who would put up just just quality points for you probably in the same team. That's all I'm saying. Do you know, do you know who was taken in the second round, probably right around Zach Ertz? Mike Evans. 
All right. <laughs> That's all for official cut bait. Let's jump right into the matchups. And I know we generally try if a game's like really undecided, we'll try to push it off till after the at least halftime. But I think it's safe to say right now, uh, we can go ahead and go game of the week flashback. Gino versus Eric. Gino, you want to talk a little bit about the the ultimate sadness that was playing the best players from my team and Eric's team put together? Yeah, it was it was kind of rough because I found myself cheering for players like Mike Evans and Josh Jacobs because I thought they were on your team. And then I realized that they were on Eric's team and they were playing against me. So it was pretty sad. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back on the pod next week and looking back on this and be like, remember that time Dak Prescott came out and had the half of his life and, you know, had like 11 touchdowns? But I don't think it's going to happen. At least, so, at least like four or five of those need to be rushing for you to have a chance. That's true. So my trash nominee for my team is, um, I'm going to say New England, not just the defense, but the whole team, because the offense was terrible too. And the fumbles and the picks that led to Baltimore scoring more points didn't help New England defense DST score points either. So I'm just going to say Bill, Bill Belichick is my trash award nominee for this team okay and will it change your mind if Dak Prescott doesn't live up to the high standard that Kirk Cousins set on your bench you know I honestly that's the risk I have with Dak Prescott I don't I don't consider him elite I consider him a serviceable quarterback that I'm more than willing to put out there in good situations and I like to kill him more offense but never have I considered him you know, Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or even Pat Mahomes type type scenario. I'm and, and as much as I want to, I'm not going to say Lamar is elite yet either. He's got to prove it a little bit, right? But, I mean, he just went at home, crushed New England. And did you see that first touchdown? That made me smile. Yeah. He was wide open on the outside and just kind of lollygagged in, did a little twirly bird, kind of lifted everybody like, hey, nobody's guarding me. Why aren't you guys guarding me? Yeah, no, I, I love Lamar, and I think he could break fantasy. I just, you know, I want to I see his unique talents keep succeeding, you know, because, granted, we lost Michael Vick for other reasons, but I don't want to see it go the way of, like, Michael Vick, you know what I mean? So did you uh, hear what um, – it's Harbaugh, right? Harbaugh is a Ravens yeah. coach. Did you hear what he said about why they drafted Lamar Jackson and and the, the future of the franchise? I heard that – they picked him, and, and and he was like, I don't have any ties to how I run my teams. I'm willing to set my team around him, basically. Yeah, so what he said was, he basically said, everybody and their brother is out there looking for the next Pat Mahomes, right? The next Peyton Manning. But everybody's looking for him, and everybody's failing. And so what he has done more than any other coach in the league this year is relied on analytics and statistics. That is why he has gone for it the most on fourth down. That's why he's made a lot of choices. And basically, the math that he worked out said, if you play to Lamar Jackson's strengths, he can score you a lot of points. And that's all he was looking at. He's like, I don't care about how we – do we have to run him, pass it, whatever. If we play to his strengths, he can score his points. And it is just 
unbelievable how good Lamar Jackson looks out there and the team that they've built around him. Yeah, I can see that for sure. And I hope that he does this for decades to come because I have him in Dynasty League too. That's um, awesome. Okay, so back, so back to this stuff. All right, uh, there's only a couple guys on my team I actually want to talk about. Uh, Devonta Adams had a disappointing game, but you know what? The Chargers just crushed Aaron Rodgers. They hardly ever had the ball. First game back, you know, I'm not worried. I think he's going to be fine. And then I want to just take the moment to have a victory lap, even a- around my co-star of this podcast, and talk about how the passing of the guard came in Buffalo <laughs> when Frank Gore was on the one-half-foot-yard line. Had not one, not two, but all of the chances to get a touchdown and couldn't do it. And Devin Singletary came out and was like, dude, this is really easy. Whoa, 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 whoa. Time out. What actually happened was Josh Allen said, let me show you how this is done on the fourth down play and got the touchdown. No. And then, yeah. Yeah, Devin did did other stuff later. But, yeah, now they did have three one-yard touchdown rushes that all failed. He also had a third down one-yard conversion that he was just rejected on. Yeah, so Devin Singletary – 20 attempts, 95 yards. Could we, could we not get him five more? Come on, guys. He had a rush touchdown, but then also he caught four ball or sorry, three balls for 45 yards, including one like 60-yard reception. I mean, passing of the guard, Devin Singletary. I'm I'm riding him through the rest of the season for sure. Also, of note this week, Gino, congratulations. You put up about 42 points on your bench. It's our lowest Acceler win of the year, but you did it, brother. You got Acceler with Jamal Williams, Miles Sanders, and Kirk Cousins bringing it strong. I just I'll want to point out that I also had two of my starting wide receivers on on bye on the bench who got zero points. So my Acceler was real strong since those guys couldn't even score. I mean, can you call Robert Woods a starting wide receiver right now? No, I'm just kidding. Absolutely. Sorry. I'm just trolling you. On the other side, Eric's team, Mitchu, I mean, he's been a great streamer all year, but, you know. No, he hasn't because this was supposed to be a streaming week, right? I, I think I figured out the key to Eric's success, right? He took my quarterback, Jared Goff, who I released, trying to hold on to, um, trying to hold on to Cam a little bit longer. Then he traded me. He got Mike Evans and Josh Jacobs. And he's just building his championship run, his team, around the players I gave up on a little too early. Yeah, it's true. Or, or the, the, the players that were your best players that you just gave up. Well, I mean. Not gave up on. Mike Evans was just garbage time until the last two weeks where he has managed to put up 198 and 180 <laughs> yards back to back. Do you remember when he got zero points? I do. And I'm still hurt. Okay, so Mike Evans is the obvious fireball knob for just being a monster and a stud. Josh Jacobs looks real good. Sutton. What do you think about Sutton now that he is the only show in town in Denver and they got the rookie quarterback pitching to him? Is there is there a future for this guy? Is he going to be a wide receiver too for the rest of the year? You mean you mean Brandon Allen, probably your future quarterback starter of Week 10? Yeah. Those backup guys? Uh, I Back to... Back to Sutton. I, I, I think he's super talented, and I actually watched a lot of this game, and that touchdown catch he had, that was a grown man catch. 
that was a superstar catch. I, I think he has all the talent in the world. And if I'm Brandon Allen, I'm looking for the best player on my team to give him the ball. So I'm just going to feed him like the, the you know, wide receiver one on the team he is. I mean, I think that's just the fallacy of logical coaching. Coaches often don't care who you think is better, who looks better, who has better stats. They yeah. pick their guy but, based but, off of, I don't know, whoever has the better haircut, whoever's <laughs> wife the coach finds hotter. I, honestly, I don't know how they choose these things. So moving forward, who knows? But Brandon Allen is the one that's going to have the reads. And when he's looking, he's just going to go, yep, that's my best guy. And he's maybe, go. maybe he does. Or maybe he's like, Noah, fantastic. That's my best guy. I think Noah, did, fantastic. Didn't Noah, want, fantastic. You want, that to be, you want that to be so good, don't you? I do. I want Noah, fantastic to be good because I need a tight end. No, I'm just kidding. I got Waller. We're good to go. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, others of note, I mean. Nah, we can just move on. Yeah, we can just move on. Nice job, Eric. Good win. Let's go to Brian versus Tim. So looking at this game, Tim, great job, buddy. You got the win going four and four. Now Brian falls to five and three. I mean Fire Fireball nominee Jimmy G. It's got it. I was yeah, no, I love it. Jimmy Garoppolo. We all thought he was gonna have a good game. You know who nobody had any faith in though? Other side of the ball, Kyler Murray. And this was actually a really fun game to watch. Arizona versus San Francisco was yeah. not the blowout that everyone thought it was going to be. It was a really great game. A lot of it on the back of Kendrick. But to your point, Kyler Murray looked really good against a star-studded, very stout defense of San Francisco. So, uh, you know, positive things to talk about the number one draft pick this year. At least he has a bit of bust. Hopefully they can get some people around him and – you know, the Cardinals could be good, but one can only hope. Uh, the rest of Tim's team, you know, I mean, Manny Sanders. Don't you skip over my boy Tyler Lockett, okay? You just <laughs> went right past that 37 points that you put up. Does he have a future now that Josh Gordon has decided to come to Seattle? Oh, absolutely. I, I, don't, I don't think it does anything to Tyler Lockett's stock. If anything, it helps it. So, I, I mean, maybe, maybe DK Metcalf, but I think he made a point this last game, too, to say, like, hey, I'm pretty good. Um, I think Josh Gordon coming over, all it really does, honestly, is DK keeps being a wide receiver three that he is. Tyler Lockett keeps being the stud on the team that he is. And it just raises Russell's game even higher. I, yeah, I think it raises Russell, and I think he takes over the Disley spot because those targets have kind of been vacated. Obviously, a few of them have gone to Metcalf. A few have gone to other Excuse wise. me. Game-winning touchdown to Hollister. Dress good, play good. Yeah, I don't know who that is. All right. And then, he, was a tight end that, he was a tight end that caught the game-winning game. And I was just gotcha. making fun of his name because Hollister is a clothing store. Oh, I never shot Right. There. Anyway. Uh, and then Emmanuel Sanders moving forward to San Francisco. Do you think Manny Sanders is going to be a wide receiver one for the rest of the year? Absolutely. I mean, Manny Sanders was on the verge of a wide receiver one Flacco as his quarterback. Now he is the number one for a team that they're going to have a lot of offensive snaps and a better quarterback. So what here's the here's the issue I have. Right. And I know we just had this long conversation about good, you know, good situations 
don't make bad quarterbacks better, not worth that much. What I'm worried about with Manny Sanders is the same thing I worry about with Jimmy Garoppolo, and I still worry about moving forward. Jimmy G has not been called on to do a lot. The defense in San Francisco is so good, and they are more than happy to take that three-headed monster in the backfield and just run the ball down your throat all day. So if Jimmy G is not producing because he doesn't have to, how is Manny Sanders going to find the end zone on just an extremely limited like Jimmy G has several weeks with barely 20 uh, pass attempts, right? Those can't go all to Manny Sanders. Why not? I mean, George Kittle will be the first read probably, right? But and anytime they they're love- actually trying to make any, like, so a great running game, the reason why coaches want to have a great running game, because a great running game brings about a, a great passing game as well, right? It's hard to do it the opposite way. And the thing that Manny Sanders has going for him is he plays outside, he plays a slot, he's always open because he's just quicker, right? And while, and you have this guy, this man-beast, George Kittle, that you have to double-team. So if he's not open, Manny's probably running around open somewhere. And, you know, just, I, I, I think that you're not going to want to have Debo Samuel or Dante Pettis playing on your fantasy roster. But the number one, you know, wide receiver option in a team that's going to have a lot of opportunity to score touchdowns. I want that guy. I, I don't know how much opportunity they're going to have to score touchdowns. Cause I, I don't know. All right. I think, I think it's a good play. I just, I have some concern. How's that? Just a little bit of concern, but it's a good play moving forward. All right, do you want Manny Sanders or John Brown? Manny Sanders. Okay, but you don't – I mean, John Brown is an every-week play for most people he, as well. But he's a wide receiver, too. He's a wide receiver one on that team, though. Well, I mean, wide receiver one, like, top ten for the rest of the season. Will Manny Sanders be able to be a top ten wide receiver for the rest of the season? Oh. No. That's what I mean when I say wide receiver one. Okay. Yeah, no. I thought you meant a wide receiver one on somebody's team – I, I think I think he brings to the table something along the lines of Michael Thomas, where he is good enough and the team is good enough, he's going to have consistent production, which, I mean, look at Mike Evans. He doesn't have that. So it, there's some benefit there that you don't get other ways. I think, let's see, we've already done fireball. Good win, Timmy. There is a chance. I mean, Witten's only two touchdowns and like 60 yards away from taking the win for Brian. So we'll keep an eye. I believe uh, Blake Jarwin already has a touchdown for Dallas, so it very easily could be a Brian win. Oh, all right. How about this? To end the Manny Sanders argument, I would rather have Manny Sanders on my team than Tyler Lockett. Really? Yes. Tim, I would rather have Manny Sanders on my team than Tyler Lockett, just so you know. Wow. Okay. Next consistent up, wise and my specific team, right? I'm not looking yeah. for I'm looking for a consistent guy to go along with like Devonta Adams type thing. Anyways. Yeah. Alright, next up, me versus me versus Scott. So there is a possibility I am the pop drop and lock it this week, but my projection is still over Allen, so I'm gonna say We didn't Ezekiel even look at Brian's team. Oh, do we skip over Brian's team entirely? Yeah. I'm just going to take this back, and we'll pretend it didn't happen. So, Brian's team, Rodgers, obviously, a tough week. 
<laughs> Obviously, it's definitely for Rodgers. Tariq Hill is a Man monster. You mean Trash, Trash Man Rodgers? Trash Man Rodgers, is that what you want to see? Yeah. Okay. Tariq Hill is a monster. Yeah, he's a beast. If I'm Matt Moore, I'd throw the ball and just tell Tyreek to hurry up and run under and get it. Did you see Tyreek Hill catch up with Damian Williams on that touchdown? He was oh a good, like, God. six yards behind him. And then just, Bro, like, caught he, up. He was, he was at a standstill, too. And then he caught up and was, like, jogging. And, like, yeah, what's going on? <laughs> He's like, just in case you need a block when you get tired down there, I got you. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll bring you home, baby bird. I'll bring you home. So, <laughs> and then, I mean, Mark Ingram. Holy cow. Did you realize that Mark Ingram was a running back one when he left New Orleans? Yeah, I did know that. Because he has been overshadowed by Kamara, but he is just getting it done. And when his quarterback is rushing in touchdowns, putting up 60 yards in the ground, it's unreal that there's enough out there for Ingram to get 115 yards. And did he get in the end zone? I don't think he did. So 115 yards. It's just that's a ton of production for somebody whose quarterback is a rushing quarterback. Yeah, a lot of people, when he went to Baltimore, too, they were like, oh, he's not going to be like he was in New Orleans because that was all New Orleans scheme. He's not that good. He's a good running back. Uh, Gus Edwards vultured him on that touchdown that he should have had, but he got winded from bringing the team all the way down the field. It was so, probably it was probably punishment for his fumble that he had late in the game. <laughs> his future fumble. His future. Uh, so Aaron Jones, we already talked about him. He's a trash nominee as well, but... I'm going to give it to Aaron Rodgers, you know, team yeah, it's, rises and falls on his arm, right? Absolutely. No, I totally agree. All right, moving on. Dave versus Scott. So, man, I I don't know what on earth I'm going to do with my team. I keep thinking I'm making, like, power moves, good deals, and I just keep coming up short. Really, the only person to talk about on my team is Melvin Gordon. I'm a little confused as to why they keep force-feeding him the ball, but they gave him 20 attempts for 80 yards and two touchdowns. I think Eckler's a better back, but obviously... Oh, that That's your problem, your value of talent right now. There's no way that Eckler's a better running back talent-wise than Melvin Gordon. So right now, if you had to pick, would you take Melvin Gordon or Tyler Lockett? Melvin Gordon. Okay. I, I actually have been considering the opposite side of that trade. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then Chris Carson. So I actually didn't see this. Did you see his fumble this week? I did. Did he get punished for it? I didn't see him get set down. It looks like his his volume is there still. They're they're not punishing him anymore. Uh, Rashad Penny was in there for a little longer than he should have been, but he looked terrible, so I wouldn't worry about it. Chris Carson is a stud. I miss having Josh Jacobs on my team, so I had Zeke, Josh, and Chris Carson. But I got Zeke, Melly, and Carson going forward, so we'll see how it, how it turns out. Yeah, I think you have great running backs in your team. I mean, when you can bench Sonny Michelle, right? But uh, I think that what you're missing is Mike Evans would be a great addition. I mean, I'm just kidding. Wouldn't uh, that be nice to have Mike <laughs> Evans on this team? And maybe like Jared Goff. Uh, Deshaun Jackson sadly got hurt again, and it sounds like he's going to be out for the season. Robbie Anderson was a letdown, uh, but hopefully things to come will be better. I mean, at some point, Sam Darnold just has to be YOLO. And just chuck it and tell him to run. And otherwise, let Bell have the ball. Darren Waller was disappointing. But Detroit is a sneaky good defense. Um, hey, guys. Spoiler you know. alert. 
you know, I have a sneaky suspicion that I am cutting bait on Robbie Anderson. And depending on how the waivers go, he might be available for y'all if you want to start fishing. On the other side of the ball, we got Scott's team. Just unbelievable. Russell Wilson. This is his second 50-point game of the year. We have we we have to give him fireball, too. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So Russell Wilson just looked so good out there. Um, McCaffrey unbelievable they there's nobody else in carolina now that cam's down they're just force feeding him the ball and he is a monster and then everybody else i mean hunter henry seven for 84 that is an all-star tight end game but other than that i mean his team just kind of showed up and you know was there hey and obj you know except for his negative five rushing yards you know, he put up uh, one of his better games of the year, so I guess maybe he's got that to look forward to. Denver's defense is not good. Like, I I don't understand how OBJ. Chris Harris, Chris Harris is really good. But he didn't he didn't have OBJ the entire time, right? Didn't Denver play like they put Chris Harris on one side of the field and just say, hey, whatever happens, happens? I I honestly didn't care to watch the game that much, especially when Nick Chubb wasn't being used the way he should. Um, Jalen Samuels. Apparently, he's just going to get every ball given to him, and Juju's no longer a thing. Uh, you know, Scott had a, a really good week. He he forces karma way too much. He's talking shit about being like, oh, McCaffrey had a really down week, guys. You know, I don't know, man. I'd be careful because he goes down, so does your team. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> obvious fireball is Russell Wilson. Did we pick a, a a trash man nominee on my team? I am happy to throw the name Darren Waller. Robbie Anderson out there. I think Robbie no, Anderson. I think it's Darren Waller. In a matchup versus Miami, I'm a little more concerned about that versus Oakland. They got the win versus Detroit. Like it's not that big of a deal. They didn't need Waller. Robbie Anderson. They lost to Miami, Gino, and he did two for thirty three. Okay, I'll I'll let you pick because your team, but I'm gonna go Darren Waller because I know what he was traded for. <laughs> he he was no Mike Evans this week. We can <laughs> we can safely say that. All right, Travis versus Brandon. One of my closer games this week. Brandon sneaking out the win. He's still racking up some points, so he's got it by about 15 right now. He's gonna he's gonna continue to blow him out. I let's start with Travis's side, and this is the most frustrating thing ever. Oh, feeling man, feeling. This is so many times this year players have been activated, gone in, and come out the first quarter with no no re- targets, no receptions. I mean, we saw some really good uh, good play out of Thielen's replacement. And, like, there was literally that end zone, that touchdown from the one or two-yard line. I looked at him, and I was like, that is a Thielen route. And then the announcer goes, that was a Thielen route. And it's just like, why? <laughs> why, yeah. Thielen? Ola BC, man. You got to get him out there if Thielen's not in there, apparently, because Diggs isn't doing anything. Um, I'm not bitter about that. And what sucks, too, is if Thielen had just taken the week off and not played, Travis would have been forced to play Mosinu, who put up 19 points. He yeah. looked like a darker version of Julian Edelman out there. A darker. I, man, Mohamed Sanu was the only person they weren't playing defense on, and I don't know why. 
everybody else, so Travis's team actually put up some decent numbers. Philip Lindsay barely outrushed the ancient Adrian Peterson, but hey, Philip Lindsay's a great player, so let's keep putting him in. And then Landry got it done more so than OBJ. Yeah, and Kenny Galladay is just a beast. We talk about this all the time. He's he's an elite wide receiver that we have to start treating that way. And and let me throw this out there. So beginning of the week. I told you, Gino, you have to choose between San Francisco versus Arizona or Jacksonville versus Houston. Who do you take? And which, defense? Who, which defense? Yeah. Oh, I took I took uh, San Francisco, didn't I? Yeah. Well, I mean, no, this is yeah. this is on Travis' team, but yeah, San Francisco. Yeah. And it just it was unbelievable that they weren't his best scoring defense this week. But anyways, what on he the, should do since he never gets his defense right is pick one, and then right before the game, call the call the other commissioner and say, can you switch my defenses, please? My computer's glitching. So that he's not the one picking it. So he's not the one touching it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, on Brandon's side of the ball, Jameis went out, had a baller day. New Hopkins getting it done. Um, Dalvin Cook. Four receptions for 45, 71 rushing yards. Didn't find the end zone. Kind of disappointing. And then Derek Henry barely outscores the kicker of Butker. Nice job, Derek Henry. Butker getting it done, 18 points. Minus Butker in this game, uh, Travis would have won. So kickers matter. Hashtag kickers matter. Uh, James White, it was a James White game. They were down the whole time against Baltimore. That's why you saw Sony on your bench not getting anything. It's New England. The only people you can rely on are uh, Element and apparently most of now. Oh, man. Can we rely on Brady? And we can't. Uh, nope. <laughs> can't rely on Brady. He will he... not win the bet for Brian. So, Brandon's team looks pretty even this week. Who do you think for Fireball? You know, not one that's probably going to win. Uh, I'm going to go remember that time Mark Cooper came back in the second half and scored 40 points because all the touchdowns attacked through him uh, no it's going to be butt kicker <laughs> butt kicker alright Harrison butt kicker I honestly I thought Jameis maybe could get a nod but no, he I just, don't know he, he looks terrible still he's not good and he couldn't get the but win for his team he scores whereas, points Whereas butt kicker drained the last second field goal, not unlike some other kickers <laughs> out of military. And and keeping and keeping with uh, our theme of kickers and defenses, I'm gonna give trash man to Travis San Francisco defense. No, I denied. You can't yes. do that. It was not a good trash. You can't give it to Thielen. He got hurt. Well, I was gonna give it to Jimmy Graham, but then I was like, well, I guess it wasn't his fault. It was Aaron Rodgers' fault. Yeah. So it's San Francisco defense. That's, that hurts me. That pains me. Uh, next year, when we get rid of kickers, at least there'll be one less thing just hurting my heart. All right, final matchup of the week. Nick versus Allen. We didn't even notice this. Uh, I'm going to throw this out right now. Nick, just balls of steel, this man. He walks yeah. out naked. No kicker, no defense. Puts up a buck 25 and takes home the victory. He's just making your point that kickers and defense don't matter because he doesn't need him to win. You know who does matter? Marvin Jones Jr. 
Another oh, wide receiver I let leave my team. Can we talk about just the the bigger cojones on Nick as we keep going? No kicker, no defense. Kenyon Drake's been on Arizona's team for half a second. Three and days. Three rolls days. him out there on a Thursday afternoon. <laughs> Man, and then I guess Matt Stafford at least. I was gonna say Matt Stafford was ballsy, but I was like, ah, Lamar Jackson. No, he's, I guess he's I would have gone that way too. I would I would have gone that way over Lamar Jackson too. Just just cojones. And really, like yeah. you could throw out one of his wide receivers and a running back. Give it a Tevin Cohen to Juju. <laughs> <laughs> you could you could throw out three players. You could so he could start quarterback, one running back, one tight end, and a flex, and he would have got the win this week. All right, so uh, obvious. <laughs> Fireball, and I'm going to go ahead and say winner of the Fireball for this year, or this week, sorry. Kenyon Drake, finally out of the depths of Miami. He likes the heat in Arizona, even though it's kind of actually really nice temperature there right now. But he's got to be Fireball, because when DJ comes back, we're not going to be able to give it to him again. <laughs> I, yeah, I agree. Kenyon Drake getting it done against one of the best rushing defenses in the NFL, with an offensive line that struggled to protect Kyler all year, I, I don't think anybody saw this coming. On the flip side, trash hold on, man. Hold on. hold on, let's just finish. I'm not saying for the game. I'm saying for the week. Yeah, I, I'm for it. I approve. All right, fireball. Fireball. All right, on the flip side. Shit's Poopster will be sending a video hopefully soon. He actually will, unlike some of these other chumps in this league. On the yeah. flip side, trash man. This one is clear-cut, plain as day. There is only one option, and that's Diggs. Yep. Diggs, uh, on a day when Cousins looked good, threw a lot of touchdowns, Thielen goes out of the game, why is Diggs one reception for four yards? Explain that to me, Gino. Well, I don't know if you noticed that they also lost. So bad coaching happens. Now, I what Kansas, no, if you, if you actually watch the game quite a bit, what Kansas City did was they took they basically took away the best option and said, okay, what do you got? So uh, they they didn't consider Dalvin Cook the best option. They literally wouldn't let Diggs have the ball in that situation, and it paid off for them. I, oh man, it hurts me, and I think actually Diggs is probably going to win it for the entire week. I agree. Let's just give it to him now. Okay. <laughs> Trash Man and Fireball in the same game. Alan, congratulations. Trash, Trash Man. Diggs getting it done. All right. Let's do this. Best part of the week where we tell other people how to run their teams. All right, Gino, pop, lock, and drop it. Allen's team because, hey, it's past halftime and we're still both projected to beat him. Yeah, pop, lock, and drop it. Get well soon, Mahomes. Mahomes. All right, drop. Let's start hard. Let's let's challenge ourselves. Who it's do you hard. drop? Who do you drop from Allen's team? Uh, I would drop possibly to the waiver wire if there was a better option out there. I would also drop 
to hopefully trade that someone still believes that this guy's good. But it's going to be DJ Shark. Little oh. Shark Shark. Man, I was going to go the same way. And it's all with Nick Foles coming back. Shark had the rise with Minshew. Minshew's gone. Nick Foles doesn't prefer him as much as the other guys. Yeah, I think Shark is at least pull him out for a few weeks because there's no telling what's going to happen when Big Dick Nick gets back in the game. Yeah, I mean, not that he was good with Minshew this past week either against apparently a Houston defense they were supposed to dominate. Yeah. All right, so it was pretty easy. You said it was going to be difficult, but that's our drop. How about your lock? My lock? Diggs. I don't care if I just gave him the trash, man. Thielen is struggling with injuries. Kirk Cousins has finally started to learn to throw the ball. I think Diggs is going to be a lockdown wide receiver two for the rest of the season. All right. I don't mind that. My lock is going to be Leonard Fournette. Because he had a down week in which Minshew just got destroyed and Houston played, you know, possessed as if to say, we're not going to let JJ's name go down in vain. Uh, But Leonard Fournette has been basically a solid lock for the entire season. And if his floor is 9.7 in the game, which they got dominated, I'm going to say he's a lock for the rest of the season. You're right. Leonard Fournette is a lock just like Derrick Henry. All right, Pop, oh, who are we going to go? Gross. <laughs> who is, who's oh. the Pop? I don't, uh, oh. Did oh. I just hurt you so much that you can't even give me a good Pop candidate? I, I almost threw up just now. Uh, okay, my Pop, and it's not that smart of a choice. It's not like that, I don't know, hip of a choice, because everyone's kind of waiting for this. But when Chris Herndon comes back, he is going to be a top three tight end for the rest of the time, as long as he's healthy. Because to watch Griffin play the way he is, and you have someone that's actually super talented and can have the whole offense run through him, I think Chris Herndon is going to make that entire offense better. Are you going to start Herndon over Kelsey? Am I, am I, well, probably not, because this, you know one's the Chiefs and one's the Jets. This goes back to our whole theory of we want players that play on teams that win. Because that's going to be the conversation that Allen has to have with himself. Quietly in the bathroom, crying because Mahomes is still out. It's going to be Kelsey or Herndon. I don't think he has to have that conversation because he could turn Kelsey into something amazing. (laughs) A trade. And Gino's always looking for a good trade. Okay, my pop... My pop is going to be, and this is kind of cheating. It's 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 a little bit of like a late round pop. It's already kind of popped, and now I'm just going to ride this gravy train. State of Montgomery. Ever since they switched That's up the play. That's not a pop. Call, it's already been popped. Ever since they switched up the play caller in Chicago, he has been killing it. He's been getting a ton of opportunity. 27 attempts last week, 14 this week. They are relying on him to actually be the guy. At the goal line, they're giving him tons of opportunities. They're finding ways to get him the ball. Yeah, he's already popped, but I guarantee you that Allen's not failing super confident to play him. So I'm going to go ahead and call it my pop is David Montgomery continues to get the job done throughout the season. Okay. Uh, That's fair. I think that it is risky to call him a pop for the rest of the season because 
Nagy's offense has not been great with a terrible quarterback there. <laughs> well, yeah, and but he is he is the Saquon to Chicago. You know, just not as good. Oh, yeah, he's the best player of the position we've seen in decades. But just not that guy. Got it. Just just not that guy. All right, looking forward to next week, game of the week. So It's your turn to pick because you tricked my, me last time. It's my turn to pick because I tricked you last time. But can I can I give you my opinion? I'm I'm listening. I'm listening. I think it's going to be a battle of Colorado. I do too. Nick Scott versus Scott. Versus Nick. Yeah. Yes. Doo-doo shits poofster versus 10,000 racial slurs. I after Nick just went balls out this week, didn't play a kicker in defense, still got the job done with only like five of his players. I think he's roaring in and Scott's team has to come back down to reality. Oh yeah, for sure. And I also want to know if Brian rigged the uh, matchups so he got to play co-commissioner when he had his entire team on by. I would love to do that. I wish I could rig the matchups that way. But <laughs> wait, Brian's not playing the co-commissioner. Felder is. Oh, dang it. Felder did it. First place overall gets to play the guy with no players available. So who are you taking in the game of the week? Oh, okay. Sorry. We, haven't we, got, so exci- we got so excited. We haven't done that. I, I mean, how do I not go with Lamar against Cincinnati? Like, I almost want to say I'll take Lamar. How about this? I'll take Lamar, Julio, and Kittle, and John Brown against the other team. Okay, I accept. No, I'm so, not actually doing that. You I'm just said you that. would. I, I was just making a point. <laughs> the point is that you are a coward and won't stand up to your word. <laughs> well, I don't know what Nick's going to do. He might you know, just not play a quarterback. And I was still going to give you the Lamar Jackson points because you called it. You called your shot. But I am right. a true competitor, yeah. unlike right. some people. Fine, we'll do it. What did I say? I said Lamar, Lamar Julio. Julio. All right, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what. I'll take one running back, one wide receiver, Lamar. Basically, I'll take one of every position, and I'll give you a running back and a wide receiver. Awesome. And then right. I get Scott's full team. Great. Yeah. Okay, so my wide receiver I'm going to take is going to be John Brown. It's not going to be Julio? Oh, shit. I was looking at uh, Juju. Damn it, I don't get a flex either. <laughs> you got Kittle, though, so it's going to be okay. Do I get a flex? All right. Fine, I'll All give right. you a flex. Okay. So I'm going to take Lamar, Julio, uh, Tevin Coleman, Kittle, John Brown, and then whoever he decides in the positions that don't matter. Got it. I can't wait. So basically, you take away Gurley and Juju's points from my my side. Yep. I'm so excited. I think you way, way overcommitted to that, but that's fine. Let's go, Nick! <laughs> our All biggest right. fan on Twitter. Our, our only fan on Twitter? I think he's the only one that knows how to tweet. First of all, 
there's a lots of followers on there. Whether or not they're actually doing anything, they're clicking the follow button. <laughs> Just smash that like. Smash yeah. the subscribe. Okay. Kodiaks, thanks for listening to another week. Uh, good luck out there to everybody. And, man, we really are trying to get to start scheduling some keeping up with the Kodiaks. Uh, so stand by your phones and get ready for the call. Yeah, look forward to the five-minute update on Thursday so you feel confident. Uh, we've actually been decently successful, so, you know, you can listen to us. And don't forget to be fabulous. <laughs> See ya. See ya.